Welcome to the Veloce Podcast, fast and fluid conversation with Kat Empey and Richard Bott. Hello and welcome to episode 10 of the Veloce Podcast. Hello, welcome back. Now you may think it's a bit strange that we uh, did one on Easter Monday and then we're doing one on Friday, but that was because it was the the Easter holidays and... So we thought we'd um, yeah wait until the whole festivities were over, didn't we? Yes, things have calmed down a little bit. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. And back to our normal kind of Friday filming and Black Friday pod. Yeah, absolutely. So, um, so come on then, Rich. What have we been up to? This week? <laughs> well, lots of um, admin stuff this week. So we've got people, lots of inquiries for for coaching and track days and and road days. Yeah, um, things are just starting to just move starting a bit go. now, aren't they? So booking is... those in and organising the logistics of that mm, has been a big thing. We needed thing. that a bit, to be honest, um, because like so many <clears throat> industries, it's all been locked down, hasn't it? Yes. And it's been quite hard, to be honest, um, you know, being self-employed and, uh, you know, we both do a lot of work for manufacturers and, and obviously with COVID happening, we had a brief sort of break, didn't we, back last we summer where we started to get kind of well august september it wasn't really back in car was it as such it was no separate cars mind you that we learnt some great stuff from that which we're quite well that yeah we've introduced actually into our own courses so some of it sat with people some of it um actually in front and leading and so it's a bit more visual that kind of thing so yeah yeah so we've been booking that back in and one of our junior drivers um that we've got that all ready so that's that's all kicks off next week yeah yeah so all socially obviously uh, distance and everything yeah. that ha- it has to be at the COVID moment. secure. Yes, COVID secure. That's what that's I mean. The word. That's the term <laughs> you're looking for. <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah, so it's been a bit of a, well, I think a positive week really in that sense, yeah. isn't it? That it's just busy, feels like it's yeah. well, a short week, obviously. Yeah. Um, but um, not yeah, quite as sexy feels, as last week, to be fair. But... No, but it feels like it's starting to go the right yeah. direction. Yeah. So I just hope. People, there's, that there's green shoots, aren't there? There's so, things are happening. Yeah, absolutely. So we thought, as we traditionally do, we'd start with a little bit of motorsport. We'll yes. try wrap that up <laughs> a little bit quicker. Yeah, <laughs> we're, we we're get a bit sidetracked with that. Our, bit, um, constantly talking about motorsport. Yeah. Uh, and then we're going to go on to um, some car launch stuff, but also reviews that we've done, that kind of thing as yes. well, and then driving yeah. stuff after that so motorsport wise then one of your favorite things um yeah so indy 500 tests so they've yes. had their first, so, first test they? actually on the on the big oval for the, for the indy 500 mm-hmm. um i was going to say actually on um wednesday was the anniversary of jim clark's death of course, course he won the indy 500 twice yeah yeah um, well he's um a legend that's gone down yeah. in history one yeah, of the for... top three of yeah <laughs> of um, all time well what's interesting about jim clark is um he was quite um, an introvert, wasn't he? He was, um, yeah. I think a lot of people think racing drivers are going to be really out there people and super confident, but actually he was quite the opposite of that, yeah. wasn't he? Yeah, Jackie Stewart said out of the car he couldn't make a decision. Yeah, and very you know, reserved. Was, yeah, and very like quiet, very gentle, and, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so, yeah, but one of the most successful in, of, yes. of his day. I remember um, Richard Atwood telling died, me that, anyway. that, that he... He remembers Jim Clark using the same set of tyres for three races, mm. and all four tyres were perfectly evenly worn. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, he was a genius. Absolutely, and I'm a strong believer that you can't compare rating drivers from different generations no, because um, I think it takes almost a slightly different set of skills each time. And um, of course, I know there's the fundamentals, but if you think back to Jim Clark, Jackie Stewart, you know, Graham Hill, all of those kind of guys. Um, 
how much more dangerous it was. It's a different um, sport now to what uh, it was. Uh, absolutely. And and of course they didn't have the, the races that they have now. So if you think No. Think of it that way. Like Well Jim Clark did something like I think seventy two races, I think, and he won twenty five of them. Yeah. Yeah. Grand Prix, that is. He did lots of races, lots of other things. Because yeah. on a weekend, he would do the Grand Prix, do the saloon car race, and quite often do the sports car race all yeah. on the same weekend and probably so win all three. If you think now, how many races in yeah, just a Formula 23 one? this year. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, so that's why with stats and things, you have to be a little bit yeah. careful. I understand why there's announcements and achievements it, with like yeah. Lewis winning seven world titles. Any generation, that's hard to it do. Is, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Strike rate's a better indicator because Lewis Hamilton's strike rate is up there. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like mm-hmm. one in three or something. Yeah. You know, it's, 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 it's up there. Yeah. Um, but strike rate's probably a better indicator. Because you know, Jackie Stewart won 27. I'm I don't think I really know what strike rate is. Well, so how many, races, <laughs> how many wins you've got compared to how many races oh, you've driven Oh, sorry, I see. Okay, so like as a percentage. Yes. Oh, okay. Because Jackie Stewart did 99 Grand Prix's yeah. and won 27 of them. Yeah. Yeah, that's a huge strike rate. Mm. <laughs> Absolutely. And that's a much fairer way of looking at it, yes. um, for sure. And uh, Yeah, Jim Clark will always go down in, in history. But there was, oh, the BBC did a really good series didn't they, they did. on, oh, what's, what was that called can you remember well they did they did a few didn't they and they well, that was called the quiet champion was the one about jim clark yeah. but they did him they did graham hill yeah and they and, did jackie and did they not do a series though on all of all of them of that kind of era and, and moving on and, and how jackie wouldn't accept the kind of oh that was the killer years yeah that's fascinating if not seen that Definitely, if you look into your motorsport, go yeah. watch that because it really does show how the sports changed, but how also how different it really honestly yeah. was then to today. Um, yeah, anyway, anyway back sorry. to the IndyCar. Got your sidetrack before we started, then, <laughs> no, didn't we? Back to the IndyCar. So, yeah, so Indy 500 test. Yes, yeah, so so they the... only get two days, don't they? Mm. And then obviously, they, but they have an entire month mm. then. They have the whole of May at, at the Brickyard, yeah. as they call it. So, yeah. This is just a pre-season test, just to get everybody's eye in and get all the rookie tests done. Mm-hmm. So if you've not done in, if you've not raced at Indianapolis before, you have to do a rookie test to make sure you're safe. Yeah. And if you've not raced there for a while, you have to do the same. So does test. that mean though, like with the rookie car test, does that yeah. mean you could not reach the standard? Yeah. So how do they measure it? Speed. Oh, okay. And probably the watch and see if you're safe. But, but, if but you... lap speed, basically, okay. you know, consistency and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, so not. Well, they make them build up. So they make them do a lap at one eighty, then they make them do a lap at one ninety. Yeah. They have to build up, not yeah. shunt, not frighten themselves. <laughs> Come back with four wheels on their wagon, yeah. that kind of thing. Yeah, because that because <laughs> that rookie test, if you want to call it that, it's actually the rookie and refresher test. They call it. It's full of massive names. Yeah, I know. Because <laughs> a load of them making a comeback just for the Indy 500. Yeah, well, it's becoming a bigger thing. It's always been a big thing. Yeah, it's the biggest race in the world. Perhaps that's what they internationally, say, yeah. it's becoming a lot more on the radar again. Yeah. I think people like uh, Alonso really help that. Um, yes. There's a lot of people. And it's growing IndyCars. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, well, how many Formula 1 drivers are are now going to IndyCar. I know that happened a lot in the past, and there was a real dead period where that didn't really happen much, yeah. and it's really sort of started again um apart from a lot of them now decide whether they want to do just the street circuit stuff and you know you, you seem to be able to now opt to what you want to yeah. race rather than you know opt for the whole championship i mean i'm a bit old school because you know if you think race motor racing as it was danger was kind of part of it now we don't want people getting killed every five minutes that's not what i'm saying but mm. that free son of danger is part of it yeah and, you know, with IndyCar, you've got to be good on a big oval, you've got to be good on a short oval, which is very different. Mm-hmm. You've got to be good on a road course, you've got to be good on a, on a street circuit. Mm-hmm. 
you know, they're so, oh, so rounded. Adaptable. Yeah, absolutely. And it's taken a long time to recover from the split, which we won't go, go into yeah. now. They had a civil war, didn't they, in yeah. IndyCar? And it's, it's taken a long are. time to recover from that, but it's getting there. Uh, absolutely. So what's interesting about this is uh, they've done the, the, the pre-season test for the Indy 500, but they actually haven't had the first round of the series no, yet, No, that's next they? weekend, isn't it? Yeah. So they're doing this test first, and yeah. then they'll go straight over... Uh, where is it? It's uh, Barber Motorsport Barber, yeah, Park, that's it. which yeah, which I think Alabama, belongs to Porsche. It's where they Porsche run their sport driving yeah, school in America. Sure. Of course, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so there's a bit been... like Cadwell, I think. So, <laughs> <laughs> fairly typical yeah, IndyCar yeah. stuff, isn't it? Well, that's what I love. Run I off, have, what's that? I have to admit. <laughs> so when I was younger, I watched IndyCar, my dad a bit, and then I really lost track of it completely. Um, and then with us Aussie hanging out <laughs> it's really changed and and you've really introduced me uh to IndyCar again and to be honest it's completely transformed my opinion of it because so many people say oh they're just going around in circles yeah ovals. they don't drive in the wet or well, firstly actually it's not just ovals no. actually most of them aren't ovals no. <laughs> um but it's actually a small part of what they do is ovals absolutely but the ovals are so fascinating Especially when you actually get ovals. in when you get into it yeah. and what they have to do it's so yeah i suppose it's like any sport isn't it you've got to well, the, the Indy understand the in in and outs of it to yes. appreciate what they're actually doing really. the Indy 500 can have the, on the edge of your seat for like four hours oh yeah you know yeah. it can be an amazing race that can and there can be the odd big crash as well yeah. as there was, um, there was in, yesterday. in testing wasn't there yes. so Rina's VK so um, so yeah. Ed Carpenter racing so Ed Carpenter only ever comes out and does the Indy 500 but he owns the team yeah so they went really well didn't they because yeah. Con Daly was quickest for them yeah. Ed himself was second, yeah, and then VK lost it and hit the wall. Yeah, now it looked like he just touched the grass, but at over two hundred mile an hour, just right. touching the grass yeah. is uh, a and fatal error. And the speed it goes wrong in that place, mm -hmm. you know. Well, you basically can't catch it really, can no. you? Uh, on, you on got, the you've got a little window, I think. Yeah. Because don't they tell them the drivers, especially when they've come from other formulas, to um, not actually attempt to try and catch it no because, because what happens is if you steer into the into it mm -hmm. the front wheels go up the hill mm -hmm. so you then turn hard right and you will drill yourself into the outside wall Even at whatever hard. speed you're going at 200 yeah. miles an hour yeah. so like with vk um he let it go didn't he and it mm -hmm. just looped around and slapped it sideways yeah but he did oh, the noise it made when it hit though mm. oh. well bearing in mind so connor daly's average fastest lap was 222 Miles per average. hour. Average. Average, yeah. And actually in the refresher session, because you'd like to say you have a rookie session yeah. and you have a refresher session, which is yeah. also full of actual pros, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> um, so Bourdais was in that, wasn't he? Yeah. He actually went quicker. He did it, 224. Yeah. yeah. So, um, and he was the last person I saw, or we saw, try and correct it and do what we've just said. Yeah. And he hit the wall flat out head on. Yeah. Break his pelvis. And, oh, he did. Yeah. yeah. Huge, huge shunt. We was going to say with um, VK, he actually did he break a finger break or something, a finger, which yeah. I, so probably, probably in the car the driver. Hit the side of the cockpit or something. Like that, yeah, I'm but... sure he's not that bothered oh, yeah, really, no, but no, <laughs> no. Um, but yeah, it's it's um, certainly more old school and the danger elements in that, yes. isn't it? But um, but no, it, it certainly looks exciting. Scott Dixon, he was there, he was quick. wasn't he? Yeah. Uh, fastest Honda. Yeah. Um, and we should mention a lot of these guys have just come back from Sebring doing the 12 yeah. hour, haven't yeah. they, as well? Because um, Bourdais won the Sebring. He did in his class, hours. didn't yeah. he? Um, well, he won it overall. He was in the top is, class in the DPR yeah, car, wasn't he? That's what I mean. Sorry. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> sorry. So, yes. Is it? 
Because <laughs> yeah. they're still classes, aren't they? That's yeah, what I mean. There we go. <laughs> um, anyway, so yeah, the, I was going to say about Scott Dixon in, in general, though, um, how much he impressed me at Sebring and coming back here straight away, third quickest, fastest yeah, quickest Honda. Because um, the Honda's not the engine to have, they reckon, there. Yeah, I, I the just think more and more, you know, watching so many different forms of motorsport, different disciplines. Scott Dixon just every time goes up in my you know estimation so much yeah. it's just how did he not get to F1 yeah you honestly have to ask yourself that but maybe he didn't want to at the same time you know we especially over here we're so focused on Formula 1 but is it the be all like, yeah. is it the pinnacle because I mean you know? he's a he's a giant of a driver but as a person when you see him he, he always seems really really calm and laid mm. back and well, he's definitely popular, isn't he? Yes. He's very popular. Um, I believe there's been some sort of documentary on him as well. Oh, has there? Um, yeah, that I, I don't know what it's on. I'll have to Google it. But, um, yeah, it's something that I wanted to watch because apparently he comes across just so well in that. Yeah, really, he's married really to an English good, girl, so. isn't he? Is he? Yeah. Oh, I don't know. Yeah. No, there you go. What relevance <laughs> that is, I have no idea. But... So, anyway. That's so... why he's successful. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well. um, so, yeah, round one of the IndyCar is coming up. Uh, when is that? This... This, this, this not this weekend next weekend next weekend same weekend okay. as the next Grand Prix ah okay yeah, yeah. so we're going to be busy then <laughs> yes be a good day that will <laughs> yeah so yes yeah, so that's just sort of a little yeah intro of the IndyCar yes. season as such but also what's been going on so we've had Daniel Ricciardo Daniel Ricciardo a little bit yes I mean he had a little bit of a go at uh, about this after the last Grand Prix not the last Grand Prix after the Grosjean shunt yeah yeah um and he was saying about the Netflix series, which we've said you need to take with a pinch. It's great entertainment, but you have to take it with a pinch of salt. Yeah. Um, and he was saying he, he, he doesn't really like that because they tried to make it look like he had a big um, kind of beef with Carlos Sainz. And he was like, sorry, well, because yeah. <laughs> he gets yeah. on really well with Carlos and was like, this is news to me. Yeah. Um, but he said the thing he doesn't like is them is the the it's almost like they portray the only excitement is when there's a crash yeah and that's what he doesn't like yeah uh, the problem is <laughs> formula <laughs> one sometimes that's true <laughs> well, i love formula one i do but um but and don't it, think crashing's not at, the goal is it no it's not it, it, it's not but I, it has it has something to find again i think um which is why they end up focusing on it so much yeah, he was upset with the Grosjean thing, wasn't he, when it happened? Because they kept showing it. They kept showing it. But then, I suppose it is a big talking point, uh, isn't it? You know, rightly or wrongly, it's still a big talking point. Yes. And throughout the history of motorsport, that would have been a... Well, I say that would have been a focus. I suppose going way back, they'd have just carried on racing. <laughs> yeah, they would, honest, yeah, yeah. They? Oh, in the yeah. 70s, 60s, 70s, they would. Crack on, yeah. Um, Which also isn't right. You know, no, no, that isn't. No, so because he was saying something about the F one social media team, wasn't he? Yeah, they called them idiots. Yeah, because but he's been in a say... meeting with them, I think, since. To be oh, fair. really? Because it's something like at the top ten best moments <laughs> of twenty twenty. Yeah, eight of them were crashes or something. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, I, I can see it from both sides. That is, like, it's, the Hamilton's... sport isn't about crashing. Is no, because you know, Hamilton's winning the wet in Turkey or. Gasly's win at Monza, they they should be the top. Oh, yeah. Things like Absol- that. Right? Absolutely. Um, Stroll okay. taking pole at Turkey. Things like that should be the top. Well. <laughs> yeah, no, but, no, but it should <laughs> no, be there, right? You know, if, you, if that's what your job is. Yes, yeah. No, you can't be biased. No. <laughs> um, so also, actually, some news. So a former Formula 2 driver yes. um, is making his return, isn't he? Yes. So I don't know if you want to explain a bit about him So Juan, Juan Manuel Correa. So um, those of you who follow motorsport closely will probably know Formula 2 in 2019 
Uh, we lost a driver called Antoine Hubert yeah, at Spa, at Spa. Yeah, um, who got caught up in somebody else's accident and then was T-boned by somebody else who had, couldn't avoid it, which was Juan Manuel Correa, who very badly smashed his legs. Uh, I think and they thought split, he would lose his legs at well, one point. Well, he split Hubert's car pretty much in half, yeah. um, didn't he? Um, one he thing hasn't is, walked for a year. He's been in a wheelchair for a yeah. year. Because and... structurally, the car's... They can only cope with so much. Yeah, they're immensely size. strong, but yeah. there's a limit to everything. And I think there's a lot more crumble zones in uh, front and back, but side impact. There's not much before you get to the driver, basically, no. is there? Um, so unfortunately, we yeah we lost Hubert, um, but yeah he amazingly survived, didn't he? Yeah. Uh, but it's taken so he's what a whole year in a wheelchair. Yeah, twenty operations on his I legs. Think or something. something like over twenty operations on his legs. So he's not going, but he's making his return. Not to Formula Two yet. No, he's um, yeah. Understandably so, because apparently he's he's he was well in his um, test. So he's doing FIA he, th- Formula Three. Formula Three, yeah, yeah. Um, but in his test, he was only what three tenths off yeah, the quickest. Yeah. But what he was struggling with is brake pressure. Yeah, because it's so heavy. The brakes yeah. so heavy in them, aren't they? Yeah, yeah. Um, and that's due to his injury. Mm. So as he evolves, I'm sure he'll. Get strong, but I, I, that to me shows passion for you, doesn't it? That you could go through something like that, also have to deal with knowing that the incident you're in killed somebody else. Yes. Um, well, you, you know, can see the, the pictures I've it. seen of him. He's got a spark in his eye. You know, he's yeah. back. Yeah, yeah, and that's great to see. So it'll be really interesting. So uh, we'd always say, even if you're a bit bored of Formula One, which we know some some people we know um, who always used to watch Formula One don't so much anymore. Definitely watch FIA Formula Three and Formula Two. Yeah, you know they. I mean, are... Formula Two have already had their opening round, and it was yeah. unbelievable, wasn't it? Yeah. In Bahrain. It's just, a, it's just, it's so. Can't take your eyes of, off it. Yeah, that's much, much closer for obvious reasons um, compared to Formula One. Obviously, Formula One. There's so many well, they're different cars, aren't they? So, yeah, and all yeah. that kind of stuff. So, um, but no, that that will be really interesting to see how he, he gets on. Really, so the um, first Spanish Grand Prix. It's it is, yeah. So that. that's in May sometimes, yeah. isn't it? Something yeah. like that. Yeah. So yeah, it would be good to see. So away from kind of the single seater world, then. So yeah. So Alex Lynn has been announced as a, as the second driver for Le Mans for yeah. United Autosports, which yeah. is Zach Brown and Richard Dean's team. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so it's getting strong that lineup because you've got Paul DeRester as one driver, yeah. Alex Lynn, you know, ex Aston works driver, yeah. Formula E driver. He's and Williams Reserve, wasn't he? He was, yeah. He's the number two. Yeah. But they then have to have a silver. Yeah. Um, well, that, I don't know if you want to explain a little bit about. Yeah. Or, so driver. Well, so the FIA categorise every racing driver on the planet pretty mm-hmm. much, and and you, from platinum, gold, silver, bronze. Mm-hmm. So essentially, to be platinum, you have to be. A Formula One driver, a yeah. works driver, yeah. So basically, a top frontline pro, yeah. yeah. You know, cream of the crop. Gold then um, is then people who've won things like um, it's got to be certain championships, yeah, it? but high end championships. Yeah, exactly. You've either been a front runner or won it, or you know, exactly. Like, but particularly high end. So, so things, things like, like Carrera Cup here, yeah, things yeah. like that would be your gold driver. Absolutely, um, things like FIA Formula Three, yeah. that kind of stuff. So that wouldn't necessarily make you a platinum. No, um, but uh, you know, uh, yeah. So to be a silver, um, you could still have won championships. It's just not the one. It, if it's the super high level ones that they. 
have confirmed that's then right. you fall out of that and what what will make the difference to somebody like united autosports is the silver driver yes because the rest is you know platinum platinum yeah. quick yeah alex lynn will be platinum yeah. quick so if you get then a silver driver who's not you know he, that silver driver's job is to be within a second of the platinum drivers yeah yeah which um, which he will which be. Wayne, well what we're saying we're thinking it might be wayne boyd is what yeah. we're talking about yeah absolutely so we don't know for sure but we're thinking wayne boyd may be i mean it'd be a great break for him if it if that happens it would, yeah. um but yeah maybe the silver and actually it's getting to a point now with these licenses where there's a lot of drivers wanting to hang on to yeah they, they don't want to go up <laughs> absolutely um and we we actually found out last night didn't we about esme hawkey yes um, he's fallen foul of all this hasn't yeah she? so she's technically a silver but her on her application for iron dame's team in the ferrari um she put herself down as a as a bronze, as a bronze. And uh, it's been found out, so she's been kicked out now. Um, and that's what's mad, is you'd think you'd want to go up and up and up the ranks. Yes. But it gets to a certain point where you're probably going to get more offers and drives if you're a silver you're or a bronze, silver, and yeah. you're fast. <laughs> you know, so you want to be a platinum, or you want to be a silver. Yeah, that's absolutely. <laughs> so, that, yeah, there's a lot to I'd it. go for platinum. You know, I'd rather be a works top line. Oh, than yeah, <laughs> anything absolutely. Else, you know? But um, so yeah, it'll be interesting to see what happens there, won't it? Yes. You know for sure. Um, so so yeah, we'll we'll see on that one. So I suppose that if we move on from motorsport, yeah, let's move uh, on to road cars. Yeah, road cars. Turn now. me page. You're gonna have a so. little look at what we're supposed to be saying. <laughs> um, so, Not scripted any of this. <laughs> so road cars and so new Bentley GT Speed. Yeah. I love Bentleys, as you know. Yeah. Um, and the and the new what I love about the new GT, what I'm always every time I drive one, amazed by how good a Porsche Panamera is. Yeah. Because it's a big thing, but it you'd never know it when you drive it. They're yeah. so, they're so dynamic. Mm. Um, typical Porsche. The platform of that car is astonishing. Mm. Well, the new Bentley GT and the new Bentley Flying Spur are paddy platform. Yeah. Yeah, I thought for a minute it sounded really random. Then yes, <laughs> I was going to be point. You said Bentley and then started going on about Porsche. Yeah, about Porsche you know you're yeah. talking about Bentley, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, I know what you mean. Yes. yes. So we imagine you know the chassis engineered by Porsche and then the rest of it screwed together by Bentley. Yes. Doesn't yeah. get a lot better than that. For oh, me. A- absolutely. Uh, we know Porsche in many ways dynamically how sporty a chassis they can produce and the foundations they can produce so if you put that and then you stick lots of lovely swish bentley bits on it yes premium bits not saying porsche bits aren't no but the you know but if you bentley, get a bentley it, it takes your breath away some, yeah and it's, it's only small things to be fair isn't it because i mean i think porsche and many manufacturers have upped their game when it comes yeah, to interiors yeah, 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 in yeah. a big big way um but i think bentley probably is still one of the top top for for that, aren't they? Yes. But still, so with this new GT Speed, I mean, it's still the same engine, isn't it? Six liter W12. Yeah, yeah. so quick. Yeah. <laughs> um, it's still good. It's still fairly heavy, isn't it? It's actually slightly heavier. Yeah, it's two point three. Two point three tons. tons. Um, but the the big thing is just like Panamera, and to be fair, like the previous Bentley as well, which was a different platform. Um, they're very agile for their oh, yeah. size, aren't they? You wouldn't they? know it was that heavy. I mean, you, um, we're fortunate enough to... Until you come to put fuel in it, then it's... <laughs> <laughs> well, that's true. Um, but we're fortunate enough to take take some of these cars on track as, as well as road, and that's when it really highlights how agile they are. And you think, how can a car of this... You know, anything over two tonnes, you think, what? This shouldn't be capable no, of a absolutely. circuit. Yeah. Um, and I think the Panny 
Um, the fact that the Bentley could always do it with a, a panny chassis, I think it's just going to be... Well, transform it. A, another I mean, word. it's good anyway. Really? But it's quite old, Quite because it was the uh, Phaeton, Volkswagen Phaeton yeah. platform. Yeah. And I used to do a lot of work for Bentley years ago, and I remember I'm going back to sort of very late 90s, early 2000s, and they had an Audi A6, mm. or it looked like an Audi A6. It was actually a Phaeton with Bentley running gear in it. Oh, really? But it looked like an Audi A6. Oh, so that ch- chassis goes back a long time, you know. Yeah, it's... yeah. Well, so it and it still it brings along not just obviously the Port, um, Porsche chassis, but you've got four wheel steer. Yeah, some of the technology. Asm, yeah, electronic diff, and all that stuff. All that kind of stuff with it as well. So new technology, which we're starting to be fair see on more and more yeah. manufacturer cars now, yeah. getting used to this. But the great thing is that means it'll be able to obviously actively stiffen it up more. So the size of it, even though it's getting a little bit heavier. Not by much, because the previous one was 2.2 tonnes, and this yeah, is yeah, 2.3, yeah. so we're talking yeah. a small amount here. But It's got plenty of energy to drag it around. So it's... But in general, cars are getting bigger and heavier, so they need more of these electronics and special tricks yeah. to, to help disguise the weight and give you the handling you'd want from a performance car, yeah. ultimately. Yeah. Well, the beauty of Bentleys, and if you go onto Bentley's website and have a little play with the configurator, you can do whatever you like. Oh, yeah, <laughs> this is where... Porsche fall down a bit. Uh, not with the, there's yeah. lots of options, but colours. There's like, like six colours. People there? get annoyed with that all the time. Well, okay, will you have can obviously like... go and have your own special bespoke colour, can't you? You can't play to sample. Yeah, yeah. but but you can Bentley, also do with Bentley. Yeah. Well, Bentley have like twenty five blues, <laughs> twenty five greens, you know, things like that. Yeah. It's, it, but I'd be a nightmare then because I, I. Oh, you I can. You tie yourself not that It's a problem I've got. But yeah, if you've got the configurator. You can tie yourself in knots. Oh yeah. Because I've changed too that many shade. Options, and, oh no. Mm. Yeah, exactly. I, I'm not sure I could. Well, I could cope. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. <laughs> First world problems that yeah. I don't actually have, but you know. Um, so we actually tested um, the the previous Bentley, didn't we? So yeah. Technically, the latest Super Sport. It's the current Super Sport, in effect, it? yeah. Yes, but it's, it's the previous, previous generation of car. Generation of car. So, yeah. in other words, the latest GT doesn't have a Super Sport yet, but that no. will be released at some point. Yes. So, um, so this was, yeah, the Bentley GTC Super Sport 710. So, what what did you think to that? Oh, it's fabulous. Yeah, I mean, what I, when you open the doors and it's double glazed, you think, oh, this is a bit different. <laughs> and you get in and it smells like an old shoe shop. You know? Yeah, oh, absolutely. <laughs> There's so much leather in it. And, you yeah, know. It was black and red on the outside. You yeah, weren't keen on that. I wasn't I keen it. on that, I no. I thought it looked awesome because it kind of had an extra sporty touch to it it was a bit in your face that was for me i was going to say not that in your face (laughs) (laughs) for me it was it was red with a black bonnet and a black boot i I liked it i thought it looked really good if you're gonna buy bentley enjoy it go all out why not you know i don't get me wrong there is a limit you can go too far (laughs) and make it look tacky you can but it was not that it was far from that um so it was obviously convertible wasn't it um I mean, in that way, gosh, it's great on a nice day. Unfortunately, we tested it. I mean, actually, it, it was, was sunny, a nice day. but it was a bit chilly, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, it was. We couldn't quite find the windbreak. So, yeah, you know, so it was that a bit was. Blustery, wasn't it? But... <laughs> no, but it was. It was a good car um, in many ways. Um, I mean, being the the GTC Super Sport, um, there's only what 710 built yes. in total. So. Um, also for anybody looking, um, certainly like the client's car that we tested, it's a good car to have yeah. because it's more rare, goes up in value, that kind of thing yes. as well, isn't it? Um, and it comes with a few more things as standard on it as well. Yes, yeah, things like ceramic brakes I think were standard, weren't they? Absolutely. And, um, and it's lower, it's stiffer. Yeah, still um, a Bentley. 
Yes. Yeah, so Lindsay Lohan is different. It's not. So it's still got air suspension. <laughs> it's not a skateboard. Yeah. yeah. Oh, absolutely. But that's what's amazing about it. Lohan is stiff, so it handles even better. But silky smooth oh, to yeah. drive on the road, like super silky Beautiful. smooth. Yeah. Um, you know. Uh, and that engine, you know, just. Oh, uh, just sounds awesome. Pull your I house just, down, you know. Yeah. What was the torque in it? Seven hundred and fifty pounds foot. Yeah, which I, I struggle to get the old way of measuring it? It's yeah. in newton meters now. <laughs> yeah. 750 newton meters is not anything like 750 yeah. pounds. Yeah, that's yeah. That's you like had to truck. explain that to me then yeah. because initially I thought, well, okay, but we've had this and this and this one, and you're like, no, no, no. Yeah, yeah. hugely talky. Talk. Yeah, yes. hugely, hugely talky. But if you remember, um, the thing that as much as anything that you noticed about when you drove it was you could hear a pin drop in there. Yeah, because it's got double glazed windows. Um, and that I, I just love that you can still really hear the engine. Yeah, you could, yeah. But there's an odd peaceful vibe yes. to it. When you park throttle, it was silent. Yeah. No wind yeah. noise, no amazing. And like you say, it's just the finish for me <laughs> of a Bentley, you know. Um so I think that's where you know, things like Panny, um, you know, it is something to be up against. But I suppose yeah. the Bentley it's a slightly is more, different sector of the market, I suppose. Bentley's you know. more, isn't it, than yes. the Panny. So. I mean Porsche do a lot of stuff by hand. Mm. So if you go to the factory at Crewe, mm. which is only ten miles from here, you know, and see For Bentley, you mean for Bentley. Yeah. Yeah, not for Porsche. <laughs> Just to clarify. Yeah, you know, there's a team of people sat around hand stitching steering wheels and hand stitching seats and yeah. you know. It's quite yeah. phenomenal. Oh, absolutely. And I still can't believe it's come out of crew. To be honest, <laughs> you're gonna get anybody about who's, crew. I know I do apologize now, but I not that I've seen a lot of crew, I've probably been to the train station about three times and that's it. But it's not in a great, get, it's not in a great bit of crew either. I never the get is, the, uh, the best feeling of crew, but hey, gosh, who knows? I, I don't really know it. Um, yeah, so certainly with um, the Bentley that we drove, uh, we're hoping to get in the new one soon and do a, a review on that. Yeah. We started to review the cars. Um, for the channel as well as for the podcast but we're wanting to create a series so we do stuff on road but also stuff on track um yeah just give see... people an idea of what it's like to be in these cars because mm. some of the stuff that we've we've been so lucky to drive mm. handfuls of people are going to get to sit in them aren't they so... yeah and you'll notice with us we won't you know go into the same sort of details of certain people as in with cup holders and, and boot, boot size, size and stuff like and that stuff all the like way it its place but that's yeah, not abs- absolutely that's it. just not uh, it's going to be more focused on how it actually feels the technology underneath the car yeah. isn't it really and how the that purpose manifests of it itself, absolutely yeah. Um, and yeah the end result of, of all of that really so so yeah so that's to come so moving on though from Bentley what about the new Aston Martin Vantage F1 yeah so so Mercedes traditionally over the last few years have provided the safety car and the doctor's car haven't they, yeah. for F1. Uh, Aston have now taken that over. I think they're sharing, they're sharing it. it. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, Which I thought was strange, but yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, the same drivetrain, aren't they? Mercedes yeah. partially own Aston. Yeah. Um, but you'd think they'd then just think, right, this year, well, let's focus let's concentrate on, on Aston. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But the thing yeah. that stood out for me at the Grand Prix the other week was that Aston sounded amazing. Mm-hmm. When you were on board with it on the safety car. Oh, absolutely. It sounded fabulous. Absolutely. So... So, of course, the safety car version isn't quite the same, I assume, as the, the road-going version. Yeah, well, well, I don't know. Well, Mercedes, you could buy a version of the safety car that was the same tool, Identical. supposedly. Okay, okay. so may, maybe it is, because it, this because it does, it's called the Vantage F1, isn't yeah. it? So it's got a bit don't more... get flashing lights on it. <laughs> yeah, my safety car <laughs> no, driver and yeah, a doctor. Yeah, that's it, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, no, so you've got, what, a, you get a little bit more power, bit so more what, 25? 
25 brake more, yeah, something like that. that. They reckon, yeah. So, uh, what is it, 535 brake horsepower, something like that. Yeah. Um, yeah, and then it's ultimately from the normal vantage, it's stiffer, thing, more yeah. aero, that stiffer, kind of thing. yeah, a bit more power. Yeah. Gearbox is a bit sharper, all stuff like that. Yeah, really. yeah. But it looks pretty cool. Absolutely, absolutely. But the reason, though, it sounds so good is because it's a 4 litre V8. Yeah. And for me, it's hard to beat that, a 4 litre V8. It's just got such a special sound. Because I think what's happened now with these V8s is they've got slightly higher revving than they ever used to be. Yeah, so well, if you listen to something like, so Ferrari, now I'm going to get technically, and I'm going to tie myself in knots. <laughs> Ferraris have what they call flat plane cranks. Yeah. So my understanding of that is that you, essentially you get two cylinders fire at the same time. So it sounds like a four cylinder. Yeah. Um, and TVR went when they went from the Rover engine to the AJP engine, which is their own engine. They did the same. Mm-hmm. So all of a sudden they didn't sound like V8s anymore. Which the Ferrari, mm-hmm. the Ferrari sounds great, but it doesn't sound like a V8. No, it doesn't. It doesn't because uh, well, we were very lucky to test one the other week, which we'll mention in another um, podcast, and yeah. we'll do a film on it as well. And you're right, it sounded awesome, but it didn't sound like a V8. No. Whereas this sounds like a V8. Sounds like a V8, yes. Doesn't it? You know, and I've just got a soft spot for that. Yeah. <laughs> That's for sure. So, yeah, that in a nutshell. It, have, a, have a look at it online if, if uh, you want, or when you're watching the F1, of course. It may also feature. You will hear it, yeah. You <laughs> yeah. will hear it, yeah. You'll hear it before you see it, anyway. Yeah. Um, so, we're moving on to the driving technique elements. Now, yes. we've, we've noticed, um, well, we've had a lot of people feedback about the heel and toe uh, video that we did. Yes. Um, I think a lot of people seem quite intrigued in kind of more extreme driving techniques, don't they? Yeah. Um, now, that doesn't mean we're not going to cover the general stuff like last week. We did the exciting thing of... Um, Where you sit. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> seating position. So this week, uh, we decided to look at left foot braking. Now, I have to be a bit careful with this because if you've never done it before, don't just try and do it on the road. Right. You will horse <laughs> yourself through the windscreen the first time. Yeah, a- absolutely, absolutely. Um so left foot braking is something really that stems from motorsport, isn't it? Yeah. Um, ultimately. Now, people have left foot brake for a long time, even um, in a manual as well, haven't they? And yes. the fact that just for things like trying to move the weight of the car a little bit more, control just it. Place, things exactly. Point. So when the car's right on its tiptoes, you might be on the gas still, but you might just need to just pitch a very small amount of weight onto the nose to get the front to bite a bit better. So, of course, your other foot, rather than it being anywhere near the clutch, would then be on the brake. But, of course, now we're moving away more and more from manual That's transmission. That's right, more and more things are paddle shift, aren't they? Absolutely. So this is becoming not just a, a racing technique, but also a road technique. Yeah, so if I drive an automatic car, I will two-foot it, you know. Yeah. Absolutely. One for the brake, one for the pedal, on the throttle. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so if you're not used to it, uh, never done it before, what you will find, though, is your left foot doesn't have the same sensitivity, no. does it, as your right foot, because you've trained well, it. Normally it's on a mission for the floor, isn't it? Exactly. It's... You've trained it to go down quickly, maybe come up slowly. Yeah. <laughs> if you think about that, finding the bind point, balancing that, that's quite a sensitive yeah. thing to do. So your left foot can do that. Absolutely. You just haven't trained it. To do the other way around, have you really? No, <laughs> That's no. kind of the problem. Um, but no, that so the whole purpose, well, really from a racing perspective, is it's meant to be faster. 
ultimately. There's still questions on that, yeah. really. Yeah. But overall, I think it is, but we're talking very, very small amounts Well, here. most pro-level racing cars now have only got two pedals, haven't they? Exactly. Um, and, you know, yeah, and, and a lot of the way it's styled, you wouldn't even be able to move your foot across and no. use just one if you wanted to anyway. Um, and ultimately, it's meant to be quicker because obviously you haven't got that transition of your right foot going from one pedal all the way over to the next one. So it's instant from, from uh, gas to brake. But there is that overlap opportunity as well, which is used a lot in motorsport mm. when it's on its tiptoes, like we just explained. Well, that also can happen on the road, can't it? Okay, you're yeah. not going to be near the, the limits of the car necessarily, um, but still enjoying the car and working with the car, left foot braking has its place, doesn't yes, it? Yes, it does, yeah. So how would you suggest then, rich people, if they want to have a go at left foot braking... What would you suggest they do and, and where? <laughs> <laughs> well, somewhere quiet. Yeah. What you're dealing with is is the muscle memory of your of your left leg and your left foot. So you've got to consciously overcome that. So that that's the thing that takes the bit of practice is to, is to not just jam your foot down. Mm -hmm. uh, and with conscious thought, you can do that. Then you'll with a little bit of practice, it'll start to become a little bit more fluid. Mm -hmm. But it takes a bit like the heel and toe thing, really, where you're trying to get your right foot to do two different things. Yeah, it's just giving yourself time to build up that muscle memory and, and recharge, re change your subconscious programming, really, so that your your left foot does a different job. But it's well worth it. Oh, absolutely. I think well, if you enjoy driving, for me. I just think the more adaptable you can be... Should be in your toolkit. Yeah, you? the more machinery you can drive, the better driver you are. Right. You know, um, So absolutely, it's like um, I left foot brake and sometimes I use my right foot. I do both. Um, yeah. It all depends on what I'm driving, what I'm in the mood for, that kind of thing. Yeah. Um, but it does take a bit of practice. Uh, even I've had it with, and I was the same actually, coming out of karting, going to cars... Um, I actually, you'd have thought, because in carts you've only got two pedals, my left foot would have been all right. But when I started driving cars, I, I hadn't actually, I wasn't, hadn't been taught on the road yet to drive because I was too young. But I've been taught then to break my right foot in the car. Hey, so suddenly my right foot became more sensitive. Because one thing with a car is, is, is you don't need to be very sensitive with the brake pedal at all in a car. Um, so yeah, it took a little while to just be able to really fine-tune my left foot, um, especially in that kind of high-performance world where you might be hitting the brake really hard, but you don't want to lock the wheels, and you're also trying to trail the brake off, come off nice and slow with nice control. Um, so that, yeah, took a little bit of practice. So what point being is at any level, even if you used your left foot, I think in a road car, which is very um, heavily assisted servo brakes, um, they, it can make it actually even harder to practice left foot braking. So, um, yes, yeah, just go somewhere quiet to start with and practice, make sure there's nobody behind you, that kind of thing. Yeah. <laughs> just in case you come to a screeching halt, because yeah. normally when teaching people, that is the first thing That's that happens. Thing that happens yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, yeah, it will get easier. And, yeah, it's, it's a bit of fun at the end of the day, yeah, isn't yeah. it, as it well? Is, yeah. yeah, Yeah. So, moving on then. So, what's next? So, Grand Prix next week. So, what we'll okay. do, because we, we record this on a Friday, we'll try and time it so that we've seen at least free practice one won't we and then we yeah. can talk a bit about that on yeah. the pod mm -hmm. 
Um, I suppose a bit more build up for the IndyCar round yes. one, I mean, as well. Yeah, um, which will be the following. Will come out to that, no yeah, doubt. absolutely. Um, um, I was thinking of also throwing in MotoGP as well. Yeah, we'd have a little look at that. It's hard to find that, though, isn't it? You can get the repeat on ITV4. Though, yeah. Because I used to watch it all the time and I kind of missed that. Yeah, I never <laughs> but, really um, watched it. I watched Superbikes, uh, World yeah. Superbikes, Carl Positive. I'll see, lot. bizarrely, World Superbikes, I was never that into. British Superbikes. And MotoGP. British bikes now is mega though, but, isn't it? Yeah, so we may have to start. But the only thing is, I don't know how we're going to have to We're going to fit it all in. We'll have to have a motorbike Watch podcast. It all. Yeah, that's true. We've got to make sure we don't just end up doing Yeah, because then there's the TT. Which yeah. I think has already been cancelled for this year, has it? Has it? Uh, yeah, I love the TT. Yeah. Well, has it definitely? I don't know. I'm, I think it might have been. Mm. I could be wrong. Okay. Well, the Isle of Man's just coming out of lockdown, isn't it? Because mm. I've been doing things of like that. Of course, yeah. about six cases yeah. of COVID on the Isle of Man. <laughs> yeah, really out of control. <laughs> um, so we've got to the end part, which is the interactive uh, yes. section. So we're getting more people now as it grows, get in touch with us. Um with some great interesting answers and insights as well. So, I don't know if you want to read it out this time. Or so, like... if you could race in any generation stroke era, when and what would it be and why? Am I going first? <laughs> yeah. You Can I have first. two answers? Why? Well, no, let me, I'll go with one answer. I was going to say 60s. Yeah. But really, I think my heart, it would be the 70s. Okay. Because... Um, that's what I remember Formula One being, mm-hmm. and it was everything that Formula One. It was the pinnacle of it, I think, the seventies, because mm-hmm. it was still dangerous, but yeah. it was unbelievably glamorous and colourful because it was full of sponsors and yeah. people like James Hunt. The world was a different place, yeah. um, and I think that for me is the is the romantic period of yeah. of Formula One mm-hmm. is the nineteen seventies. Mm-hmm. See, I would say. Um the the 90s but that's probably because when i first started watching it um i mean i I watched some of the previous seasons so kind of late 80s but i was wasn't born until the late 80s myself so i i've got a fun kind of I don't know, memory of the 90s. Yeah, well, that's like me with the 70s, I so, suppose. Um, so because of that, I'm not saying it's the best era. It's just a special era to me. Yeah. Um, and what I like is it, the cars were getting incredibly quick. Um, there was more aero on them, but there was still ultimately less mechanical grip hmm. and more aero at that point. But Drivers still made more of a difference, didn't they? I mean, they still make a difference now, don't they? Uh, oh, absolutely. But I guess you could see... You I mean, can you can even way. see in the early noughties, you know, with Alonso driving or whoever driving, um, you could just, we've almost forgotten what it used to look like. And it's so much more exciting to watch on board, mm. the noise of them. And there was definitely, even though there's always been dominant eras, there was a lot more overtaking, a lot more yeah. dicing. Um, so, yeah, for me, I think it would have to be 90s, but I'd like to go like early 90s where... The arrow's there, but it isn't to the point like it is now. Mm. Um, so you've got that assistance, but you're still obviously re- relying on mechanical grip as well. And the cars basically have more power than grip, didn't they? Yeah. Whereas now, it's questionable, isn't yes. it, really, whether they have more power than well, grip? Well, absolutely. I mean, that's the thing with the you know, 70s. I mean, 80s, I remember more of when there was the first turbo era. Mm. You know, they were 13, 1400 horsepower, wild things. But... The 70, I mean, in the 70s, you could go and buy a DFV and a gearbox from Hewland and off you went. You know? Yeah, yeah. There's a great film 
called, and it's got a great title called The Quick and the Dead. Okay. And that's all about 1970s F1. Oh, right. And it's really... Probably sums it up. Oh, absolutely. It? it is a flared trouser of a film. Oh, OK. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but have you ever watched that? There's some, there's some great stuff on that. It's very hey. American, very cheesy, but it's great. <laughs> anyway. Yes. Moving on. <laughs> moving on. Um, so, yeah, if you um, yeah want to write in, email us and tell us what your generation or era you would race in and why, just, yeah, drop us an email get in touch and then we will start reading some of these out i keep forgetting to read people's out when they go so we will i promise start to actually say some of these in the pod yes um or any ideas of course um Absolutely, or especially yeah. with driver's tips we've got a few people that have come back asking for asking different, things. different things and going into more detail so we'll start to feature those in actually as we go um but yeah thanks for listening guys good stuff thank you bye Thank you for listening to this episode of the Veloce Podcast, Fast and Fluid Conversation with Kat Impey and Richard Bott. Don't forget to subscribe via your chosen podcast provider and never miss an episode of the Veloce Podcast.